This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is brought to you by What Are You Striving For? Strive Wellness Guided Journals. They are affordable guided journals for those pursuing self-improvement, starting open conversations for healing and growth. I am absolutely in love with their journals, and I'm going to talk about them a little bit in today's episode. I was out of a breakup, and let's just be real, let's be honest here, I was lost. I was trying to do the no contact. I was trying to keep my brain busy. And sometimes that leads to very destructive behaviors. That is until I found Strive Wellness. I have their inhaled journal. It is for introspection, reflection, and personal growth. But they have a lot of other different journals that are on their website. Exhale is their journal for letters to release, forgive and let go. I think I'm about to go order that one right now. And they also have one that is for letters for tomorrow. It's a time capsule of love. Mindful, which is for building foundational morning habits. There's a little bit of something for everybody. Make sure you head on over to their website, whatareyoustrivingfor.com. Check out all of their products. Again, I have been using the Inhale Journal, and it is so helpful. It gives you all of the topics so you don't have to sit and worry. You don't have to sit and stress out. And let me tell you, it is so exceptional to be able to sit down, whether morning, afternoon, or evening, shut your brain off, shut out the stress and the anxiety, sit down and have a guided journal that allows you to get a little bit of self-reflection, personal growth, introspection, and allows you to just calm your mind and just be. Make sure you order today at whatareyoustrivingfor.com. Welcome to the Little Bit of Life podcast. I'm your host, Tabitha, better known as Little. You may think you know me from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. That's until now. This podcast is dedicated to having those real, raw, and occasional chats together about what we seem to think but don't say. Special guests will join me that have impacted me along the way. Nothing is off limits. Sit back, take time for yourself. You've earned it. And enjoy today's topic. One voice, one story at a time. Let's dive in together. Hey guys, welcome in another episode, a little bit of life podcast right here with your host, Little. Today is a little bit personal, Mm, kind of pulls at the heartstrings a little bit, but you know what? I ask all of my guests to come on and be vulnerable, and it was about damn time that I became vulnerable myself. All right, we're talking breakups. We're talking about leaving a narcissist. We're talking about that dreaded topic. What did I do wrong? Why did this not work out? Why did I not see the red flags? Or did I see the red flags waving directly in my face, and I just chose to ignore them? And comes that question, okay, am I crazy? Am I crazy? I just wish I could contact that ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend. Did they have the same problems that I did? This cannot just be happening to me. But what if you actually get in contact with the ex and you start comparing stories and let's just say everything was not as it seemed. Those rose-colored glasses were ripped off. How do you go no contact? What do you do? It's that dreaded of, okay, delete the messages, delete the pictures, block them. But they're still in the back of your mind. Why? Because guess what? They have carved their way right into your heart, your mind, your soul. So how do you stop and get rid of them? Today, I have a very special guest on with me, and I'm really excited for this episode because we're talking Little's personal life. I know. Get ready. Sit back, relax. Enjoy today's very special episode with my special guest. And guess what? Just remember, you're not going through this alone. You're not crazy. And just give yourself a little bit of grace. Enjoy today's episode. Here we go. 
Hey guys, welcome in a little bit of Life Podcast right here with your host, Little. All right, so we've been talking about dating, we've been talking about relationships, but we're going to have a girl chat episode. So to all my guys, you can listen to this because you're probably going to learn a thing or two, but for the girls, have you ever dated somebody and you wondered like, okay, am I crazy? Like the red flags, I just didn't pay attention. And what about the ex before me? Did they ever go through this? But when we think like that, we're told, you're crazy, you're psycho, don't reach out, they won't believe you. But what happens after that breakup when you actually connect with the ex or the exes and realize that maybe you weren't as crazy as you thought? Guys, today I have a very special episode and a very special guest. Her name is Betty, and guess what? She is the ex prior. How's it going? I'm really glad to have you on. Oh, thank you so much, Tabitha. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited because you are starting your own podcast, which like I am just ecstatic for your launch date coming up in October. So, so many can join, you know, that journey with you. But I have to ask, like, have you ever, I'm sure we have, but have you ever like dated somebody that you wondered like, okay, I, I need to talk to the ex-girlfriend. Did she go through this? Like, did you ever have that go through your brain? Um, I actually did uh, a couple of times, but I didn't reach out. I felt like I should have, um, but I never did. I never took the initial step to actually reach out to the ex. I currently have one that I would love to reach out to, but I just feel like maybe I shouldn't. Yeah. (laughs) I think with like all of my girlfriends, they would always say like, even my past relationships, not even just the, the one I got out of, but they would always say like, Hey, like reach out, like just send a message, you know, do the right thing from woman to woman. But it's weird because I don't think as women, we truly embrace people reaching out. Cause it's almost like we're always defensive. We want to defend our partner. We want to defend our relationship, which is normal. But I feel like when things kind of just deteriorate and just go to shit, I think that's when we really are like, Oh man, maybe I should have reached out. Maybe I should have listened. So It's interesting because you and I have dated the same person, which I mean, people are probably going to listen to this and be like, like, Tab, what the hell are you doing? But it's weird because we have a lot of the same run-ins or experiences and we're talking about that word, a narcissist. And I know, I know, like it, people use that word now, like it's candy in a candy shop, but I have to ask, like, did you have some red flags? Did things just kind of not add up or... Did you get kind of get that gut feeling? Yeah, there was a couple of things. Um, he was very private about his life, you know, which took me as odd because, you know, usually people will talk about their past experiences, um, what they've been through. And it was just like a lot of the things that he did or said was hush hush. It's like, oh, I don't know why they're that way. I don't know why they feel that way about me. And and even when I knew you two were dated, um, which was posted, um, I wanted to reach out to you, but I didn't because I, I didn't know if you would believe me. And I think that's where a lot of us actually don't reach out to the ex because they're like, why are they going to believe us? They're with yeah. them. So they're not going to believe us, you know? So there was a lot of red flags. Like I didn't know a lot of his friends. Um, I didn't know a lot of his family. I just heard what he told me. And so I didn't really have anyone to fall back on except for the baby mama, of course. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. (laughs) I like that you said that, oh, you know, I didn't know if you would believe me because, I mean, I have been in relationships where 
I have been the one to reach out to exes and it was either a really good thing or it was like World War Three. They think I'm crazy. My ex is doing the whole, you know, kind of deflect and, you know, cover your ass and this person's crazy and this is what happened. But I think it's really something where, I mean, I did a poll and so many women were like, you're dead on on this because they make us crazy. I'm sorry, but when you're dating somebody and you go into a relationship, this is a red flag, ladies and guys. But if they say, oh, all my exes are crazy, there's a common denominator here. Like, let's be real. Well, the thing about it is it, it you feel as though you are crazy, right? And you because they're not telling you anything. They're only telling you what you want to hear. So, of course, when you're reaching out to a new person, such as like yourself or in my situation as well, we're labeled as crazy, right? They've already told the new person that we're crazy. And so mm-hmm. us reaching out is going to be everything that they have already heard from him saying, well, she's crazy. Okay, well, she's crazy. And that's why she's saying these things. You know, so I think that's where the craziness comes from. Like, I was like, okay, she's not going to believe me because he's telling her all these other things. And, um, and so you don't reach out. And I think if more women reached out about what they were going through with their ex, then we would be a lot better on the trail of figuring out their game as far as the narcissist goes. Yeah. Yeah. And so many, like, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I, may, I might be dating a narcissist or I may have dated a narcissist, it starts with gaslighting and love bombing. You feel like you're the most incredible person in the world. They've never had love like this. They've never felt like this. Or it could be the complete opposite where their gaslighting and their love bombing is they're safe with you. They're comfortable with you. You're almost in this like motherly role. And they make you feel needed and desired, whether it's physical attraction, emotional bonding, financial stability. So they're going to find their needs and they're going to kind of put that umbrella out there and see what you can give them that they can take from you and then go from there. So we kind of had different experiences. Um, Yours was a little bit more of an emotional, but more of a financial bond. Mine, I mean, they shot out the shoot very physical and love bombing. I mean, when I look back, I'm like, man, you were dumb, girl. Like, you knew better. You knew better. I'm but- not going to lie. I said the same thing once I got out of it. I'm like, oh, you were so many people told you, and I just didn't see it until it was made clear to me. Of course, when the business went down is when I figured it out. But it took a, it took a year, I mean, for me to mm-hmm. actually know that I was not crazy. And so, yeah, similar instance. But again, he acted one way with me and acted a completely different way with you. Yeah. And like, we're talking like, you know, oh, the business, like I went into this relationship of, you know, I ran, I ran a business and, you know, I'm very goal driven and family oriented and I want a family and I want marriage. And it's weird because like, you know, we brought up the baby mama because I love her to death. She reached out to me and she was like, Hey, this is heavy on my heart. Like I have to reach out to you. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sorry if I cause any drama. Getting that message that day, I was like, huh, is this trick? Am I being yeah. tricked? Am I being punked? Like, what's going on here? But so it's something where, for those that are listening, narcissists are very adaptable in the beginning. I always say, it's like you're hiring them for that position. You're going to see the person that shows up on time, that's the hard worker, that's amazing. And then in about 90 days, they're going to be showing up late to work. You're going to see their true colors within that 60 to 90 day marker. Do you feel that that was kind of how it was for you? 
I would have to say yes. I mean, the pattern was definitely there, and it's just like an endless cycle. And, like, they tell you just enough. And, and of course, it's called breadcrumbing, right? They give you just enough to make sure that you stay where you're at so they can still benefit from that. And with him, it was more of the money, right? The money, the cars, the business. And that's one of the things that blew my mind with you. Um, when you reached out to me, that was one of the craziest moments, right? Because I was like, who is this person? Um, and then it dawned on me who you were. And I, I took it and wanted to talk to you about it. And the things that I heard just blew my mind. People who know us know of what I worked hard for, with, of course, with my ex-husband. And to benefit off that is is crazy to me. That's something that didn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have a business. I ran a business. And, you know, I had this vehicle and this vehicle. And I think it's something where men these days, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, men, if you're out there, but or you're still even listening to this episode, you are the provider. You want to be, you know, you're the hunter. You are the man and you want to show up and you want to be proud and you want to be dominant. You want to, you want to attract a female based on nowadays, which is kind of crappy, but what you have, it's not who you are anymore. It's what you have. So I think that was kind of, you know, this alter ego of, you know, I ran a business and I have all these nice cars. And I mean, we would go out in public and he'd be like, yeah, I used to own a Roush Mustang. And I'm sitting there like, dude, there's no way with your pay grade that you could even get a loan for that. But again, like my red flag in my stomach was like, oh, but he's so great here. And like, I've never felt this way. Yeah, because narcissists, again, they love bomb, they breadcrumb, they gaslight, they get you exactly where they want you in the start to where you've got the rose colored glasses on one lens might be a little cracked, but you're just closing that eye and looking out the other frame. Like it's all there. And it's one of the things of their, their perception of themselves, right? They have to be that center of attention. They have to show what they have. It's not about who they are because they don't know who they are. They only know what they have. And so having things and material items are one of the most, hey, look at me. Look what I've done. I have this stuff where a lot of women don't look at the stuff, but it makes it look like they're independent. They're, they're financially mm-hmm. stable and they have all they have their stuff together, you know? And, and as you progress, then you start seeing, wait, this doesn't add up and this doesn't add up. And, and yeah, we talk about the cars and the business, you know, and in reality, when you and I talked, it was, he was an employee. He had nothing to do with the business at all, as far as that went, you know? And so it's this big perception that you see. And in reality, when the red flags start coming out, you start seeing bits and pieces just kind of go together, together. And, and then you see the whole scene, but it's hard in the beginning because they're love bombing you. And so mm-hmm. you want so much to believe that this is your person. And yep. it's hard to distinguish the two, I think, with a narcissistic person of what's real and what's not real. Mm-hmm. I always say it's like you're you're sitting at a table and you're getting ready to work on a puzzle. When we work on a puzzle, we work from the outside in. I think with narcissism, they work from the inside out. So they look at this picture and it's beautiful. And then you start to get to the outside and you're like, holy shit, I'm missing all the corner pieces. Like we got some problems. Uh, this isn't this picture is not adding up. I'm not seeing the full thing. And that's a hard part for those that are listening is when you start putting the pieces together and you start seeing the picture for what it is, the hardest part with a narcissist is leaving. It is so hard. It is hard to speak your mind because, again, if they still are feeding off of you, which is key, of financial, emotional, physical, they are getting something out of you that if they don't so-called discard you first, 
that you still have a need for them. It's not that they want you. They have a need for you. And it's really hard to kind of come out and talk about, hey, this is bothering me. I noticed this, you know, and it usually comes with lies, deceit, manipulation, and they go crazy. They go, that's where we say that crazy word, but they do. They go into full panic mode. They have to deflect. They then have to point out everything that they do for you or have done for you. How dare you? And for women, we're very emotional. We are emotionally bonded to somebody first, usually, where men are usually bonded physically first and the emotions come later. So when we're bonded emotionally, going to that person that you love and being like, hey, I kind of think you're full of shit. Like, what's going on here? It usually does not go in your favor. Do you feel that? I do. Yeah. And and with our instances, they were a little bit different. So in in our ex that we have similar, I believe that I was already discarded whenever I did the breakup. So he was already to that point of to go ahead and let me go uh, and, and moving on. So in my instance, I, I feel as though he already discarded me. So I was in that discard phase, whereas you discarded him before he was ready. And that's what made the dynamic be so different. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, mine was, yeah, mine was like, hey, homie, I added you to my Verizon plan, which is kind of weird because it was pattern seems to happened with well yeah he was on my Verizon plan as well so he was on my Verizon plan he was on my insurance plan I let him drive my race cars and I mean that's the thing is like completely different dynamics of how it happened between you and I uh but he got a little more crazier with you as in this was you just you did not you discarded him before he was ready to to move on. And, but his benefit with me was over because I had closed the business. The money wasn't coming in the way it was. I got rid of the cars. I got rid of the truck. And so those means were no longer there. So that benefit was no longer there. And I was no longer needed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was, uh, Hey, you're kind of talking to people that, uh, you shouldn't be numerous times a day on my Verizon plan. And it's really hard. Like, I'm not going to lie confronting the person you love with something, whether it's, and if you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm in this. Maybe you've caught them cheating, being unfaithful, lying, stealing money. Another huge thing is alcoholism, um, using drugs, spending money. Like there can be a lot when it comes to a partnership where if things start to deteriorate, and I'm not saying that was in like my situation, but in general, when you approach someone that you are, again, emotionally bonded and attached to and you're dating and you're in that relationship, it's hard. And as women, I think we have to think, you know, on our feet of, I have to have all the proof or as society Mm -hmm. said, I need, I need receipts. I got to back myself because I have to make sure that I don't appear crazy. And, you know, in that situation, like she said, when narcissists are done with you, they discard you. And I made a video about this of, you know, when you leave a narcissist and you discard them, why are they so angry? It's because they weren't ready yet. And so many, there's women that are narcissists. It's not just, you know, a sexist, you know, male type of thing, but they have to feed off of someone. They cannot be alone because they don't know who they are on their own. Sometimes they're not financially stable to take care of the shit that they need to take care of. So they use other people. They have a fear of abandonment. They have a fear of failure and they have to keep up this presentation of, How do people perceive me? How do I look? Not who I really am, but how do I look? So when you approach somebody as a narcissist, 
you're going to see a lot of different personalities come out because they have to have their next, I always say victim, they have to have their next victim where they're grooming them just like they did with you of the love bombing, the gaslighting. Sometimes they do it in gifts or, you know, something to pull you. So if you start approaching them and you've got those receipts and you're just like, hey, this isn't making any sense. Like we need to have a conversation. If they don't have their next fix already lined up to groom, they're going to go into full panic mode. And that's how my situation came up. It was, you're crazy, you're psycho, I'm screaming, yelling, just to the point where it's like they shut down and then they go into full access panic mode of, I got to get the next one. I got to get the next one lined up. This is what I have to do. And you're, you're nothing. And my situation was different than yours with this individual because you guys had to like cohabitate for quite a while. Mm -hmm. How did that go? Yeah. So we had to still live together for a little bit um, because he didn't have anywhere to go, of course, you know, and I had to find a new place. We had a a place together. I could have kicked him out, but I'm just, I am a very compassionate person. I'm not going to do that to someone else, but it was, it was difficult because we basically were just roommates, you know, and just, he did his life and I did mine, which was 99% of the time video games and sleep because, I mean, you slept for two days or 12 hours out of a day. And, you know, and he had a daughter that I was super close to that I spent most of my time with. And I spent majority of the time. So splitting without someone who has a child that you're completely attached to, it's, it's very difficult because you don't want to leave that, you know, and I try to make it comforting and nice. And it just doesn't go that way. Not with a narcissist in any means. And you know, as well as I do, not long after I got out of that one, I got into another one, um, which was very difficult. (laughs) You know, I mean, and, and it's just a cycle. And if I realized that if you have to let your boundaries down, and they don't respect that boundary, you shouldn't be in that relationship at all. And, and that's what I have, I have learned, you know, you, you really mm-hmm. got to know what the signs are with the narcissist. And not everybody is a narcissist, don't get me wrong, because like you said, a lot of people do throw that word around. But if the pattern in my current situation, it was, we would fight, and then it'd be over, and then it'd bring it up again. It was just constant cycling of let's fight, because it's chaos, right? They love chaos. And anything that would keep you going, whether it's love bombing or whether it's fighting. And with the person that we share, it, me and him wasn't necessarily fighting. It was just so much distance. Like, I don't want to touch you. You're like a plague. And, you know, there was no affection. And it, and it just boggled my mind that, okay, I know you're not like this with everyone else. But it was it was just like, maybe he is that way. That's what he tells me. Maybe he, he doesn't have sex. Maybe he doesn't kiss people. I don't know. So mm-hmm. it was that kind of confusion. And after I talked to you, it really made it clear that he's not that way. He was just not that way with me. Mm-hmm. And again, as women, we come up with excuses. Like, you know, it's hard when you love somebody. And like you said earlier, you want them to be your person. And that's hard because, I mean, dating, the dating pool sucks. I always say it's like the city pool that has not been cleaned in years and you're dipping your foot into the deep end because you're like, I don't even know what's in that shallow end. And you realize like, oh my God, like this is, this is it. This is my life. So when you meet somebody and they're a narcissist and they just seem as so many say that, that whole phrase of too good to be true, Mm -hmm. you're like, man, like this person checks all my boxes and they got their life together and this is great and they make me feel this. Yeah. Usually if it's too good to be true, you might want to just take a, take a seat and just calm down, slow the train and just see who somebody is. 
the end of leaving a narcissist and for those that are listening, like with our situation, if you live with somebody, if there's children involved, it's so hard because you're not just leaving that person. You're leaving that bond with the child and it's, what are they going to tell the child? Can I, can I say goodbye or, and it's really hard the younger the children are. I mean, in our situation, I mean, it was interesting. It's sad, (laughs) but like here I was sitting at a table at Christmas of, you know, oh yeah, like, you know, dad left, you know, dad and and Betty left because she didn't take out the trash. Mm -hmm. Well, I just learned like a week ago from his daughter's mom of like, oh, well, guess what? I I just heard today that you guys split because you didn't take out the trash. And I'm like, what is, that's your excuse? What is it with the trash? That's all you had? Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, and, you know, and I didn't know that reasoning until I talked to you of why we had broken up because we had talked about it and I wanted to tell her um, before I actually moved out of the house. But he didn't tell her until he moved into another house, you know, and you're talking about a person who I built the dollhouse, remember, and he told you that he built the dollhouse and his daughter called him out on it. And, you know, I love her, bless her heart, and I get to be a part of her life and I'll, I'll forever be grateful for, for the mother for that. But it, it makes it difficult, you know, going from one relationship to another. And you were very respectful and let her talk about me, whereas he was like, we don't talk about her. You can't talk to her. You can't do anything, you know, and it, it, it makes it very difficult, you know, and I'm just blessed that I was able to keep a relationship with the mother where I didn't need him to conversate with her which Mm -hmm. is what brought you two together. So I'm really happy about that as well. You know, uh, I was kind of like that mediator between the two of you because she, she thought you were crazy. Um, And so bringing you two together where y'all can talk about her daughter, that, that was a major turning point for me. Mm -hmm. Leaving was, I would say the hardest part. I mean, I look back and it's interesting because I, you know, I make video content and I'm on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And when I left my form of therapy, I guess, or healing was like, I was making videos. It's something where I was making content. He doesn't even have a TikTok. And I would be told like, you know, it was interesting. Oh yeah, you made this video and you're just making content about me. And it's like, you know what? I can make what I need to make. Like, this is my healing. I'm not calling you out. I'm not being mean or disrespectful Mm -hmm. or, you know, but it's interesting because when I look back, I'm now like two months out and I look at who I was, even in some of the videos that I was creating, you know, in our home at the time. And I'm like, man, that doesn't even look like me. Like there's just something in my face. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm there, but like, I'm not there. And I've had so many people- you lose yourself, right? You you lose mm-hmm. yourself in, um, in, in being with a narcissist or someone that has narcissistic tendencies, right? You, you tend to lose who you are as a person. So when you become single again and you get away from that, and that's for anybody who's out there, you get yourself back and you're so happy to have that person. You know, you get in your own place and all that and getting back to where you were before you ever met him. That is a blessing in itself because now you're getting back to mm-hmm. who you are and you can look, I can even look at past pictures, you know, and him and I never posted pictures. That should have been a red flag right there. You never posted me to social media. Why? You know, uh, or blocking exes. And he told you to block me. Why? Because they didn't want the truth out there. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And those are all red flags to me now, personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always a lesson, but it's interesting because I think, we we attract or we kind of pull in people based on our healing journey where we're at 
because you know, the, the person that I dated prior to him, like he was something else. And it's interesting because there were a lot of red flags. I made excuses. I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, like keep going this and that. And so it was interesting when I met just this past person that we have in common, because I came out the gate, like, this is what I went through. I'm not putting up with this. I will not tolerate this. And even like one of my best friends, she lives in Florida. And like, she had numerous conversations with him on the phone. She's like, here's the deal. You heard her. Like, this is not okay. This is what she's been through. But it's weird because I sit and I wonder and like, you know, I even talked to a therapist because I've talked to a therapist throughout this journey of healing. And she said, she goes, it's all with narcissists. They take your past experience because as women, we talk about it. We, we don't want to repeat a cycle. Narcissists do. They don't care. But with us, we're like, hey, I've been through this. I don't want to go through this again. They take our past experience and they learn what triggers will set us Mm -hmm. off and kind of how to weave in and out where we don't feel that way. But as soon as that trigger comes up, it's like, oh no, I'm not that person. I'm not going to treat you that way. I won't do that to you. And they use it against us. They really find that little safe spot that they can kind of hide out in based on our past trauma. And everybody's got trauma, which is really, really hard because narcissists don't care. They don't have that emotional attachment or feeling to care about our past trauma. They kind of just blame you or look over it and they're like, oh yeah, just move on and go on. So that's the hard part in leaving is because you have to be strong. You have to be brave. I mean, my leaving situation, oh my God, let me just say, like everyone's like, oh, you're out of a relationship. I didn't really post a lot about it um, because I was still respectful. I was respectful of him the family, the friends, the children, like I was respectful, but I just didn't want to air my dirty laundry on social media. Cause it was embarrassing. I'm like, I relocated for this person, loved mm-hmm. this person and it's a failure. And so if you're listening, it's okay to feel that like it didn't work. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just didn't work. But the longer you stay and have communication and have contact, like that was my hard part. I mean, he was in there stealing stuff. I even got cameras and caught him at like six in the morning. Not very smart. I mean, I mean, if he's listening to this, you you were not smart. You were not yeah. smart. He put a blanket over the camera and stole my flat screen TV and then pulled the the blanket back off. Like, oh well, boy. You talk about that and I don't even know how many things that he took out of the garage. I know there was ladders missing. There was ice stuff missing. It goes back to one of the things that I've heard. And I, I think someone on TikTok mentioned it from going through a therapist is when you're leaving a narcissist, or anyone who has narcissistic tendencies, one of the things that I heard was you get upset, but you're more upset with yourself, right? Because you have to look at yourself and and admit the failure that you saw those red flags, but you ignored your gut instinct, right? You know Mm -hmm. what your gut is telling you, but you ignored it. And so now you have to look at yourself and go, look, you saw them. Let's not do this again, you know? And so I'm kind of now, because I just got out of a recent, um, relationship and we're still having to cohabitate. And so you've kind of been my lifeline through that where I've been confused and conflicted. And and now that I'm out of it, I'm like, oh, I see so much clearly now. It's more of that failure of having to look at myself and go, wow, you saw it in the beginning. You had your boundaries so strong, but because you were putting those boundaries down, you let him slip through and do this mm-hmm. to you. And so now I've got to get back to that and say, you know what? I'm putting my boundaries up. And if someone wants to be with me, they're going to be okay with my boundaries. And if not, I don't need to be with that person. And so you're having to hold yourself accountable at that time, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, those red flags were there. I broke a lease in Arizona to relocate to Texas. And I think I'm pretty sure it was, I remember it was the night before and I had like just this gut feeling of like, oh my God, it's like this panic of like, oh mm-hmm. God, I, I'm like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving my home. But I just figured I was like, okay, like grow up, you know, just, just do it. Just go. What's the worst that could happen? Thank you to all of those friends in my support system. That yeah. said, What's the worst? Could this is the worst. This was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Now you know what the worst could happen happened, you know? And that's the thing is when you talk to me about having that gut instinct, I was like, you have had that gut instinct, but you still did it because you believe that this would be your person, that he was being truthful with what he was saying. And, and that goes with the love bombing, right? Mm-hmm. It's a perception of what we believe them to be, but they're really not. And I think that goes to, uh, I think you have a podcast because you told me you did, about bringing the toothbrush, right? Don't let yes. Bring the toothbrush. And, and if, if they want to move in really quickly, that's a sure sign that that's any person, male or female, who wants to be with you is not going to rush those things. It's going to take time mm-hmm. to get to know somebody and really develop that friendship and, and, and everything that, you know, because everyone's different of what they want in a relationship. And you really have to know, okay, th- these are the, this is what's on my checklist. And you got to make sure that lines up before you ever move in together. Yeah, I just don't know if I'd ever live with somebody again. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. But I, know I mean, for be- those... People will for do those it. That right? haven't, like, oh yeah, like for those that haven't heard that episode, I always say, don't do not, ladies and men, do not go to the store and be like, oh, they're gonna have like a little overnight. Don't even give them a drawer. They don't no, get a drawer. Nothing, nothing. They don't get a toothbrush. They don't get hangers. Don't. I mean, I'm so bad at this because I'm like a people pleaser. I'm a giver. Yep. I'm sweet. I'm you know, and I was raised that way. Of What's ladies, if you hear. Yes. Ladies, if you're listening now, do not make extravagant meals. There is a book. I'm going to have to put it in the bio description. I'm telling every single female who's listening to this, you have to, you have to get this book. I have probably read it, um, cover to cover probably a hundred times. I have highlighted in it. I have written things in it. I have post-its. I mean, it looks like a tsunami has gone through this book. It's called why men love bitches. I'm telling you, even from the title, um, you can even get it on used on eBay for like $2 right now. They have it on Amazon. They have it on Audible. You can do all kinds of stuff. This book is so incredible. Um, it's From Doormat to Dream Girl, A Woman's Guide to Holding Her Own. I am not a big self-help, self-therapy, whatever. Let's read a book. Let's meditate. My brain doesn't shut off. I can't meditate worth anything. I cannot sit down and read books and books. I'm telling you, grab that glass of wine or your or your shower beer, grab your favorite bubble bath. I would read this like every single day at night. And I still read it. Even in a relationship, I'd be like, hey, I kind of feel like I'm like topsy-turvy and I'm not like holding my own. This book is amazing. Um, but like I said, I'll put it in the bio description. And there's one for for those that are, are married. It's Why Men Marry Bitches. Expanded. It's a new edition. So whether you're dating or you're in you know a marriage, it's really good and really self-empowering because it talks about in there, like, don't give them the drawer. Don't do the toothbrush. Don't cook a meal, like, right away. A man will have the, and it's so crazy to think this when I read it. I was like, really? And I tested it on this last relationship. I did. You can sit there and cook a five-course meal, or you can literally pop a bag of popcorn. The man is going to have the same respect and the same appreciation and the same response. 
over a bag of popcorn versus a massive meal in the very beginning. As women, we give too much of ourselves way too fast. Way yeah, too I would fast. have to agree. I would have to agree. So when you're with a narcissist, they take full control over that and they think, oh yeah, I'm getting it all out the gate. So when you start to pull back, that's when they start to panic. And when I was moving out, like I got cameras. I mean, we were cohabitating. I was nice. Okay, I'll stay till the end of September. No. After like four days, I was like, this is a nightmare. I'm like showering, watching a camera when he's going to come home. I'm, you know, went and got locks with like different doorknobs and keys. I had my stuff locked and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like even our landlord lived across the street and she's like, you cannot live like this. He's literally popping in, popping out just to get clothes. Um, I knew in my gut something else was going on, but I was like, you know what? It's done and over with. Everything comes out. And if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I know that I'm with a narcissist and I can't leave, you can. You just have to know that getting out is really hard. The after part is really hard because if you discard them, they don't go away. They do not. They have to come back. They have to have communication. And that was the hardest thing for me of my friends would say like, oh, you know, he's texting you this song. He's texting you. He wants to talk about his feelings. He misses you. For a while, I was emotional. I mean, I was a mess. And I was like, oh my God, like maybe I just, maybe I should have just given it one more try. Maybe he would have changed. Mm, no. 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 <laughs> it's just, it's just the cycle repeats. It's a, it's a form of love bombing again. Let me love bomb you, get you back. And then we're going to do the whole cycle all over again. And I, I feel as though when that cycle begins again, that you're going to be giving up yourself more, more again. So, and they feel like, well, I can just keep doing that behavior because she's going to come back every time. So mm-hmm. this last time when I broke it off, I'm not, I'm done. You know, I'm, he's tried to get back with me, but I'm not, I don't want to do the cycle anymore. So mm-hmm. you have to go, I'm done. It's not about giving up on someone. It's about not giving up on yourself. Yeah. We talked about that. I mean, when you were going through this, I remember yeah. you were like, I just don't know. Like, how do I know? How do I know? And it was, it was so amazing to like, be able to say it even two months out on my own journey of, you'll know, Yeah, you'll know when it's time. And you're like, but how? I'm like, you'll just know. I mean, I I had a point where, (laughs) yeah, you'll know. And it's hard to like hear that because when you're in that emotional, you know, bond and you want this so bad and you want them to be your person. And I would say you're forcing that fit. You're like, okay, one more chance, one more chance, one more chance. My God, this is not Jeopardy. You don't get 500 different spins, like one and done. One and, and none, ladies. Exactly. And that's the thing is like when you actually say you're done and, and we did talk about it and I talked to you right after uh, it was so clear to me. It just, it came to me, we got an argument. And it was just so clear to me what I needed to do at that time. And then once it was clear, I, I went, I went forward and I'm like, nope, once you said it, we're not. And it was hard not to get back into that. I'm going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, you're the best person I've ever been with, blah, 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 blah. And you're forcing a fit that you've actually been forcing that fit from the beginning. If you actually set the time and look back on the beginning of the relationship, you know, I am very proud of myself because I learned eight months into it instead of a year now. So I, my time frame of recognizing it is getting shorter. So I'm proud of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this time around, I'm just, I'm going to focus on me and getting me back to where I need to be. Focus on my podcast coming out and just focus on back, getting back that independence that I want to have for all of this. Pain the one we shared and the current one and just getting it all behind it. 
all behind. Isn't that, isn't that so empowering? Like what you just said, I'm getting myself back. Yes. Absolutely. Like if, if any one of you is listening and you're like, I'm lost, like I've lost myself. I'm telling you right now, you've probably lost yourself and you don't even know you have. Because you're stuck. You just start doing it, right? Just start doing the little stuff that you used to do and you'll recognize you're not giving them time and attention anymore. So now they're going to show their true colors, you know, like not hanging out with your friends, not doing this and start doing those things that you used to do. Little things, you know, um, I have spiritual things and I start changing it and start getting back to the things I love to do, like read. And, you know, uh, I watch TikTok videos, I post, you know, and, and just getting that and you realize this person needs so much of your attention. And that's why, because that's why you stopped it all because they needed attention. So you got to quit giving them the attention 24 mm-hmm. seven. And if you do leave no contact, I am the worst person to take my own advice now. I mean, I'm solid, but um, no contact, no contact because narcissists will love bomb and they'll do those breadcrumbs and they will tell you what you want to hear because they want to see if they still have that grasp, that hold, that power. It is a sense of power with them. And it's so crappy because trust me, man, they send that song And it's so funny because you're like, oh, yeah, you used to do that. And like his daughter's mom, oh, yeah, he sent me this song and this song. I'm like, God, you even sent the same songs? Like, that's just, I got the ick. But I mean, now we can laugh about it. But hearing that because you are vulnerable, they detach their emotions, their feelings, because they're already looking at what is next. They have that panic. I'm alone. I need to have somebody. I need to, I need somebody to be around to get that emotional. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes they have to have that, that attachment and to be physical with uh, with somebody it's usually before you're even out the door I mean mine I wasn't even I haven't even packed my first box yet I didn't even buy a roll of freaking tape yet and it was <laughs> up yep jumped into bed with somebody else and I knew that but that's the hard part is if you're listening that hurts mm-hmm. it's okay to have it hurt because it's part of the healing feel it get mad get angry go in your car scream yell cry curse if you have that feeling of like, you know what, man, if I if I could just have the last word, you're never, you're never going to have that last word with a narcissist. It's not going to happen. You're and the thing about that, just to add on to what you're saying is, yes, it hurts, but are they hurting? No, they just moved on, which shows where you stand in their life. Mm-hmm. You're heartbroken and you're crying, but yet they're talking to someone else two days after you break up. That doesn't Don't make cry. sense. Those minutes. Yeah. yeah, they'll come out. You're going to see them of, oh my God, what do I do? Like mine is like, what do I do now? And it's not like I lost you. It's what am I going to do now? Yeah, because you just had $800 of rent walking out the front door. And exactly. I mean, I moved and created this beautiful home. And so I had to really self-reflect and dive into that moment. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck you're just going to feel like your heart was ripped out of your chest. I sat in the middle of a living room floor, laying there crying, all of my stuff packed. And I was like, why? Like, why did this have to happen to me? And then, like you said, you feel guilty and mad. Like, why did I not listen to the red flags? Why am I in this situation? But you can sit there and ask yourself why all day long. It's not going to change anything. So you have to be strong enough. Like she said, set those boundaries the crocodile tears are going to come because they have that panic of, oh my God, like, what do I do now? Because they fed off of you for something and feel it. 
Like I sat there and I was like, okay, I moved all this stuff. This is my home. This is my, these are all my stuff. I mean, I feel bad, but I didn't even leave him with a roll of toilet paper. I was happy like, that he didn't leave him with a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> he, took, he took my shower curtain rod. I think that's where it started. Is like, it was like little petty things. Cause I mean, they're going to get petty. But, like, here I am packing my stuff, crying, and I'm like, okay, I've got to, like, 3, 3.30 to, like, pack all day, and my dogs are freaking out, and then take a shower, get my food so I can go back into this room and, like, sit behind closed doors and just be left alone. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to argue. I didn't I didn't want anything. Like, I just wanted out. But I knew that I had to wait until the end of the month. That was the longest two and a half weeks of my life. But well, yeah, like, and that's the thing is you left him with nothing, but I did. Like, I left him the futon. I left him... Um, I bought him an Xbox that he got to keep, you know, a a $1,700 computer that he got to get. He had something when I left. So I'm not going to feel bad and say I'm not, I'm not distraught (laughs) over that you took the toilet paper roll. I'm kind of happy about that. I even bought the toilet paper holder that the toilet paper roll goes on and I took it. I even took like Ziploc bags. I was like, these are mine. I bought them. They're mine. Are they going with me? Yes. Yes, because I mean, in that situation, because you're going to listen, you know, I've got a lot of listeners are like, yep, went through that, or I'm going through it right now. Mm -hmm. They still are going to see how high your boundaries are, how high those walls are, how much respect you have for yourself, how strong you are for yourself. They're going to test that. I was throwing away Tupperware containers that were old and stained and like plastic coasters from a date that we went on that was sponsored through my business. And I'll never forget, like, the landlord texting me and she's like, um, he's outside digging in the trash. And I'm like, what? Oh, my goodness. And he, like, comes – yeah, and he comes in he's like, oh, you threw away the coasters. Bro, they were coasters from a date. You hate me. You're already sleeping with the next one. Why do you care about coasters from a date? Well, I don't have anything. Well, you didn't have anything when I met you. You're not going to have anything when I leave. Oh, if there's anything that, you know, you don't want, can I have it? But that's why. It's because – you gave that to him. And so now they just, they're in that, that cycle of, okay, well, my last one did this. So now what can I get out of this one? No. I mean, I'm telling you if he's listening, bro, I even took plates, bowls, everything. And I took it to Salvation Army. I didn't want you digging in the trash. I didn't want to leave something of me behind. You're a grown man. Go get your own shit. Yeah. Go buy it. Don't take from other people. So if you're listening to this, you're like, oh my God, like I'm in this. Keep those boundaries high because it's you're not mean they're gonna call you selfish or you're the bitch or trust me you're gonna get caught all these names it's going to be beneficial for you later in that healing process like I went and got a beautiful place I have a beautiful casita I'm so happy it's me and my dogs I'm independent but I kind of got set back because it was, oh, yeah, I heard you got a place and you're living with somebody. I'm not living with anybody. Like, yeah, I am. I'm living with myself. And it's scary because talking about leaving a narcissist, the aftermath of the healing is so scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let You're going to have to sit in silence. And there is a point in your healing that that quiet is too quiet. And that's when you can kind of get yourself in trouble because you're like, oh, my God, like you're going to think about all the good times and the little things. The song I couldn't listen to the radio for like a month at all. It was hard. And then I have like a liked playlist on Spotify. So now like I would listen to those songs. and I'm like, oh, my God, like I'm going to listen. I'm going to cry. Now I'm like, bye. I'm taking that off my my like list. Exactly. Peace out. So 
have you, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, have you, are you like a big journal person? I am. I do journal a lot. Um, I write uh, my thoughts out and, you know, that's the thing is like with this person uh, that we share, I, I journaled all the time, you know, like what's going on with him? Why can he do this? And, and stuff like that. I journal about all the signs that I had saw. And when I read it back, I mean, he sent me songs too, you know, and I deleted them out of my playlist as soon as I left. But I looked back at those journals and I'm like, all the signs were there, you know, and that's why I am a big journal because in the time that I'm feeling the emotion, I want to write it down, you know, write down the fights. And even with my ex-husband beforehand that I shared a company with, I wrote it down. And when he was just like, you've that you just started acting this way. I was able to go back from the very first time that we dated and said, no, this has been a reoccurring pattern this whole time. Mm-hmm. Now that I look back on it, you know, because if you're writing when you're mad or you had a fight, it's easy to go back and go, was it me, right? Was it me or was it always like this? And that's one of the things that I, I'm able to do when I journal is look at it and go, no, it's always been this way. It's a cycle. And it just keeps mm-hmm. continuing until you get out of it. You know, mm-hmm. even with my ex-husband, I mean, that's a person who got with someone two months after we split and got engaged and married within seven months. So it, it, it's just crazy to me how quickly someone can move on and from someone that they loved and saw the rest of their life with, you know? Yeah. I ask about the journaling because I... I didn't journal when we were together because I was like, I'm happy and this is great. And then I always had this sense of fear of what if he finds it? What if he reads this? What if, what if, what if, what if? And I always like led my life of what if. And I'm not like the victim over here. Like I I chose this. I chose to move. I chose to relocate. I, I chose it. And I highly recommend for those that are listening, journal. Yeah. Or if you're worried about who's going to read it, or who's going to see it or whatever, just there's a lot of journaling apps. You can just do it on your phone and then hide it and keep it to yourself. Because like, I love that you said this, you are able to look back because so much of leaving a narcissist is you want to feel like your old self again. You're never going to be that person ever again. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. And you have the changed about the thing that I see about the journaling, right? Even if they do find it, right? One or two things are going to happen. They're going to see how you truly feel and they're going to want to change it. Or it's good, you're going to see their true colors anyways, right? So mm-hmm. it kind of helps you out or helps me out in a way. If you look at my journal, which is my private, and I don't go through anybody else's stuff. But if you're going through my personal things, it's not that I'm hiding it. It's just, that's the way I'm thinking at that time. They're my thoughts. And if you're going to go on my journal and see that, then now you're going to see my true thoughts and feelings at the time that I was experiencing them. Right. And mm-hmm. may not be the way I'm feeling now, but in the fact that we're fighting, that's how I was feeling. You can't be angry if I can't come to you openly and in a safe place and speak to you about those things. Cause you shut it down. Yeah. They're um, the sponsor, the opening on, on this episode specifically. Um, there's no kickback for this. Uh, and I, I'm very open and honest about that because I needed a guided journal because I felt like I was all over the place. And when I go back and look like from the time I left, I, I went to TJ Maxx. I bought like a $2.99 journal. I was like, make it cute. Feel good about yourself. And it was weird because I was in this like every two day thing. And now looking back, I'm like, God, but I was spiraling because I missed this person. And I it's something with a narcissist. You don't miss the person. You miss the person that you wanted or thought them to be. Exactly. 
really listen to that. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever you're listening on, or if you're on YouTube, rewind this 10 or 15 seconds back and hear that again. Like, listen to that again. I went on every YouTube, every podcast, every YouTube of leaving a narcissist recover. I was listening to it on a treadmill at the freaking gym. Like, and I would get mad at myself. I'm like, you are so much better than this. You are stronger than this. You have been through this before, Mm -hmm. but they will, they will start to diminish who you are as a person. So I think my main thing of leaving and getting out and feeling this like sense of empowerment, that empowerment lasted a day. I'll be real with you. And then the next day I'm like, oh my God, I'm down the dumps. I want to text him. I just want to know what he's doing. I want to know who he's with. And it's this, this spiral and this cycle mentally and emotionally when you do leave on your side. So I wanted to find a guided journal where I wasn't just like vomiting on the page with my pen of like, I miss him. I love him. I hate him. Like I was all over the place. I look at that now and I'm like, my God, like who was I? But They're on the opening. It's what are you striving for? It's called Strive Wellness. And they make guided journals, super affordable for those that are pursuing self-improvement. They have daily tips and resources for healing and growth. And I love it because I messaged as like a businesswoman. I'm like, hi, I'm a hot mess. I just got out of a relationship. I'm trying to find myself and I'm really lost and I need somebody to help me. And they do make one coming up. I don't know if it's released yet, but it's for um, like breakups. But they sent me one. They have one for inhale. They have one for exhale. So I'm going to put all their information in the bio description. But I really love this. And I'm all about taking time for me because now I feel really selfish, but I'm allowed to be selfish. And there's one. It's called the pivot year. I'm not sure if you've seen it. It's on TikTok, Instagram ads, everything. Um, But it's by Brianna uh, Weist. And it is a daily affirmation devotional for a year. 365 pages, I'm telling you, there will literally be like a page with two sentences and then the next day will be like a paragraph. I wake up every day, I make it a routine and part of my schedule to read it and then I go about my day. When you leave a narcissist, you're going to have all those questions. Why didn't this work? Why didn't they change? Why didn't they love me? But you're going to also have that on your side. Why did I give too much? Why did I give too little? Why did I come up with excuses? Why, like you said in the beginning, why did I not listen to red flag? You're going to have all of those whys and that's okay, but you have to find a little tiny piece in your day where your brain shuts off. So like she said, journal, go back and read. So if you're listening right now and you're in like the dark depths of leaving a narcissist or a breakup or a divorce or whatever, go get a piece of paper. You can go to the dollar store and get a notebook or you can go to Walmart for like 65 cents. Write a letter to yourself today. Put an envelope, seal it, hide it somewhere that you're going to remember because I'm really bad at that. Um, And then open it in six months or a year or three months. If you're in the depths of the depth and you're like, oh my God, I can't do this. Read it in two months. If you're kind of in your good healing spot, read it in six. And if you're like good to go, read it in a year and see one, where you were and two, how far you've come. Because you're never going to be yourself again. You're going to be a new version, but you're never going to be that old person again. And it's accepting that reality and just healing yourself because my God, is it scary. But it's interesting because like we said at the beginning, if you need to reach out to somebody, you might just meet a friend or two. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
But I appreciate you coming on and talking about narcissists and leaving them. And I mean, understanding that sense of reality that sometimes we attract another one and another one and another one. So take the time, be single, go on dates. Don't feel, I mean, that was my hardest part. I'm like, God, I feel so guilty. Or I don't want to go sit across a, you know, a table and talk about what's your favorite color? What happened between your last relationship? Cause I was like, I'm going to sit here over a margarita and ball my eyes out. Like this is embarrassing. Take the time that you need at the speed that you need, the rate that you need and take time for yourself because you have lost yourself in a narcissist. And you've lost your sense of belonging. So it's time to rebuild yourself and create yourself all over again. And only you have the power to do that. And I have to say, I'm really proud of where you're at right now because I know what you've been going through. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Um, also, you know, because I'm going to just be, fo- I'm not focusing on dating anyone right now. I'm living me and getting this pot, new podcast up and going that you've helped me with. I'm super excited about that. Uh, that's something I'm wanting to do for a long time. So thank you for all the help that you've given me. And I'm glad that we were able to become friends through this. Same. I'm super excited. I can't wait to hear your podcast. I will be dropping some hints on Instagram and Facebook because, you know, I like to drop those positive breadcrumbs, but your podcast is going to come out. It's going to be amazing. It's just going to be so different and a journey that people can go along for the ride. So again, thanks for coming on. I'm super proud of you. Um, If he's listening, hi, how are you? Um, You're still blocked. No contact is healthy. And I really (laughs) do. I do. I mean, I wish the best. I don't have any ill will. I don't have any issues. You just... Sometimes people just aren't your person, but I have found a new person and that new person is me. And I'm really proud to say that. Well, I'm proud of you as well, Tabitha. You've come a long way in just a short amount of time of leaving him. So I'm glad you were able to get out and get back to yourself as well. That's a wrap already on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for spending your time right here with me. And a very special thank you to today's sponsor, We are stronger together, louder as one, and truly a family connected. Be sure to leave a review to bring others along this journey with us. Tune in weekly on your favorite streaming platform, or if you're interested in being a guest, send me a message today. Let's get to talking. Until next time, be good to others, be good to you. See you next week.